You're listening to Season 3, Episode 22. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop. I'm Therese, I am your host and I run a business called Small Business Collaborative where I help business owners and founders grow their wholesale, grow their sales and increase their profitability because really that's what we need to do to grow our businesses. We need to make money and I think that as an industry we often shy away from talking about money, talking about making money. It's almost like the creativity has made it taboo to talk about it or I'm not quite sure why we shy away from it but I think it's really important to talk about it. So this month I'm talking much more about it over on my grid. I have some over on Instagram. I have some tips for you coming up and I posted some the other day about scaling and growing your sales because it's not all about growing your turnover because that's not really going to grow your business. You need to grow your profitability too. So you need to know your numbers inside out. No matter what size business you are, I think it's really important to know your numbers. So if this is an area that you need help with, then do let me know. I am going to be running a course in September just finalizing the details. It will be four week course about making money and growing your sales. Of course, it will be focusing on your wholesale, but also overall on your sales, because I think that you can't grow your wholesale without also looking at your other sales. So it will be a bit more of an all-round approach similarly to how I work with my one-to-one clients and it will be over four weeks. Uh, more details will follow soon but now let's get into today's episode. Today I am speaking with the lovely David who owns Lift Store in Southworld in Suffolk. It's a lifestyle store and it is really really lovely with lots of beautiful things and David and I speak about how it's been to opening up open up shop again what the challenges has been to open up now when all the COVID measures needs to be in place what buying has been like business been like what it might look like this autumn with lots of the trade shows cancelled We talk about a lot of things, including diversity in our industry and what we can all do to do our part to make our industry more diverse because it is up to us. We need to make those changes. So I hope that these are things that we are all considering, both as shoppers and consumers and as brand owners and business owners. But now let's head into my chat with David from Lift Store. Hello, David. Thank you so much for coming on Let's Talk Shop. Hello, thank you. Thank you for coming. I would love for us to start off with you introducing yourself and your shop. Sure. So I'm David and I own a shop called Lift, which is in Southwold on the Suffolk coast. Um, Predominantly, we're a home and lifestyle store. So we sell all sorts of things from stationery, textiles, cards, wrap, 
um, lots of homeware products. And it's kind of a nicely curated group of products, really, that were put together. And what, what, how long have you been open? What made you decide to open? Sure. So, well, we opened in 2017. So this is, we're just going into year four now. Um, and kind of, well, my background is very much through retail shop floor management. And I think I spent a long time working for other other people and felt like I really want to have the opportunity to have a go myself. So Lyft really stems from my love of organisation and stationery. And my original kind of remit for the shop was all to do with I really wanted and coveted a Comme de Garçon um, pouch, um, which I really, really loved, but it was leather. And I didn't really want anything leather. And I was really keen to think about more vegan products um, and things that we use. So me and my mum designed and made a pouch um, made of PVC, so a a non-leather pouch. And it was brilliant. And we thought, yeah, this is good. This is something that, you know, we could potentially um, introduce to other people. So we made a few and, and I went to a few craft fairs um, just to kind of try it out and yeah and they did really well and I kind of noticed that this was something that 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 we could do so um we kind of expanded the range and started looking at bags and things like that and we did a pop-up shop in a local town to test whether my ideas you know for products and things were going to work and and it went really well and so I naively thought well I tell you what let's let's see if I can make this work as a shop and um, and d- during all of this I was working full-time in London so I was I used to work for London Zoo oh it's very different absolutely goodness yeah so <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was managing the shops in London Zoo and and felt like I was putting a lot of energy and a lot of kind of my enthusiasm towards retail which is all being put into um someone else's business really yeah and a shop that was selling things that although I believed in the charity massively um I didn't necessarily believe in the products that we were selling or or what I was doing so I just thought well I should really kind of put my energy where I think it's going to be better used so hence Lyft really and that's where Lyft came from from this idea of starting to make things and testing the water and just thinking right yeah let's go for it that's exciting and how did you feel when you first opened your doors scared very very scared I mean I still am scared to be honest every day I I mean that's how we are as business owners right (laughs) and nothing's given isn't it every day every day I kind of open the door you know hoping that people will still come in and still want to come and shop with us and and they do which is amazing and but it's still scary but I think initially my innocence or my kind of ignorance was was really useful for kind of motivating me. So how has business been during lockdown? Well, well, it's all kind of paled in comparison, hasn't it, to what's been happening in the world. So my business is, is, was not, you know, I don't, well, yeah, it's all kind of paled in comparison, but ultimately it's been pretty tough. We closed in March and I was fully yeah. expecting to be open again by Easter because I thought, oh, in, in a couple of weeks, this will all blow over and it'll all be back to normal. But obviously, <laughs> Easter came and went and yeah. we didn't reopen. And yeah, I mean, very, very odd times. I think the one thing it really highlighted to me is that my website just really wasn't robust enough to sustain anywhere near what we were doing in real life. Um, I think probably about 5% of um, my sales generally happened via my website. But it did increase during lockdown, which is great. But 
yeah, it was, it was, it was tough kind of, because I had just paid my last month's, well, my last quarter's rent in my uh, shop lease that I had at the time. So yeah. I was very aware that I just paid a lot of money for a very expensive storage unit for the next three months, months which was which is quite a scary experience. But kind of online-wise, we we did all right. And we made some, we made up some creative kits, which did really well. People keep creative during lockdown. So we kind of put together some of our best-selling products into a little kit, which we did at £10. Um, and that did really, really well. And I think it was a good opportunity to, you know, to show people what we're all about as well and give them a nice compact product that was something that people could keep for themselves or that they could gift. Mm. Um, so that that helped keep the website ticking along. And then also, well, during lockdown, it was my birthday and I had some really bad birthday cards. And I was kind of like, my friends, you do realize that I uh, that I run a shop which sells birthday cards, right? <laughs> um, but I got some really terribly badly picked supermarket cards. So I started doing some card bundles via the website. It worked really well. So I kind of put together a bundle of four cards, which were different categories of cards. So I did like a birthday a birthday set. And then we put together some like everyday cards and some like graphic cards. So we put together some bundles like pre-selected bundles and then other bundles that um, visitors could pick from as well. And they did really well. And that kind of really helped kind of boost things online for a little while while we were closed. But you know, what? I just really missed, really missed the physical aspect of being in the shop and just meeting visitors and seeing people. And that's the bit that I think I really missed the most was just physically being there and in, and seeing people interact with your, with your product, you know, and that's why I'm a shopkeeper, you know, that's why I do what I do because I like that whole process of seeing people come into the shop, you know, and, and seeing them discover things that they that they hadn't seen before. Helping them not pick those terrible supermarket cards. Absolutely, yes, yeah. <laughs> if I was sending a card to someone that had a shop, especially some a shop that, you know, did lots of greeting cards, I think I would probably not buy it in the supermarket. No, I, I mean, I think I need to look at my friendship group, really, don't I? <laughs> Something's gone wrong. <laughs> Maybe they need to do like a yearly subscription and buy all their cards for everyone up front with you. Absolutely, that's such a good idea. for those people that really always forget (laughs) yes exactly i will give them a a bunch of cards and all of the and my birthday basically (laughs) yeah well yeah they probably need some sort of system too maybe like a google calendar or something good idea um so how's it been to open up again yeah it's do you know what it's it's been fine i mean i was really lucky that i moved shops so when I reopened, I reopened in my new premises, which is which was three, well, which is three times the size of my old store. Um, so it means I got to plan everything from the start, being kind of Corona friendly. So lots of room to oh, maneuver. Yeah. yeah, so lots of room to be able to maneuver comfortably. Really bearing in mind that whole two meters and being able to space fixtures out, so it's a nice, comfortable experience. And because, yeah, and because many shops off the high street, it's really made everything just much much easier really there's much more room for people to navigate inside and outside the shop and um, it just feels quite calm whereas I think some high streets then it probably feel a little bit fraught as people are getting yeah into the new ways of doing things I kind of feel really fortunate I'm in a position where 
I kind of managed to retain an element of calm, really. What, why did you uh, move? What made you decide to move in during? I guess you must have decided during lockdown. No, so um, my lease was due to end in June. Um, but last year, my dream shop became available in Southwold. Um, mm. And I spoke to my land, well, my now landlord, and kind of explained that my lease was going to be running out in June, but obviously six months away. Um, and he was amazing. And he said, yeah, that's fine. I'll keep it for you until June. So it was always kind of on the cards that we were going to move premises. But it just the timing ended up being during lockdown, which kind of worked in my favour and kind of didn't. It worked in my yeah. favour in regards to having time to do all the planning. And I kind of, in retrospect, I wonder whether trying to run the store and set up a new store at the same time. I'm not quite sure how that kind of would have worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in some ways it worked really, really well. And like I said, it's just given me the opportunity to reopen my store with everything that kind of I need to be Corona friendly. So kind of I've been able to price everything on the front so people can shop easier. Can, and all those little touches like leaving lids off candles um, so people can smell them without having to touch them. And all those kind of things that, you know, that we'd never ever even considered I was able to do from scratch. And it's just odd, really, trying to adjust to all the the newness and, and asking people to wait outside has been the worst, I think. And it kind of goes again everything that we want yeah. you know we want as many people in our shops you know as possible you know we want that energy in our shops and to to see people kind of waiting outside for me feels massively uncomfortable and and trying to manage that as a shopkeeper you know in a small independent business when you work on your own is is yeah. most a difficult kind of shouting across the shop you know oh please wait you know can you wait a minute and then you feel bad because there's people inside your shop hearing you say can you wait a minute and then they think oh i only have a minute to shop and it oh it all gets really really weird and uncomfortable so that's the bit that's been tricky but but generally people have just been lovely people have been really really wonderful and I think people really understood the challenges that that we've been facing so it's it's been all right I think I just really like I haven't gone to a shopping mall and I don't think I will for a long time yeah. but I've gone to some independent shops and it's just so nice to be in a shop again Absolutely. like not the supermarket, you know, like a proper shop yeah. with lovely things. And I don't mind waiting outside. Yeah. One of our local ones has some, uh, like, put a, into place like a traffic light system. Nice. So they don't have to tell people. Well, they shouldn't have to tell people. I thought that was quite clever. Yeah. I think we've all kind of just missed browsing, haven't we? And just being able to yeah. and just explore and do the things that, you know, we like when we shop, which is just finding new stuff and discovering stuff that you didn't know existed. And I mean, you can shop online till the end of time, but you're not going to find necessarily discover stuff, are you? you know? No, you're not going to buy the things you didn't know you needed. Exactly. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also I think that now when I go to shops, I, even if I don't need something, I will always buy something. I feel like the whole thing of just buying something has definitely come into play. I feel like, if I've waited and queued and I'm that invested in going into the shop that I can't just leave, you know, it feels strange not to buy something. Sure. Yeah, that's true. That could work in our favour, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, it's just so nice to like, 
be in a shop. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many kind of sensory things about physical shopping, which I, you know, which I, I don't think I realise how much I missed as well. You know, just the smells of some shops that you go into, especially if they sell kind of handles of their, you know, fragrances and things. I mean, it just makes such a massive difference to your shopping experience, doesn't it? Absolutely. Do you think that people have changed what they, ha- you know, what they pick up, what, what they actually buy when they come into the shop? Or do you think they shop with more purpose? How's it been? I'm not sure. It's difficult. I think there's been the, the full spectrum, really. I mean, I, I definitely have, I've had people coming in picking up tens of cards, you know, because they're, card supplies have dwindled um so it's there's been some very much kind of directional shopping and there's been other people i think that who just you know just really keen just to get back out and you know and start supporting their local businesses again which has been amazing so i think it's been kind of a a cross-section really of kind of very functional shopping and people coming in to pick up things they needed and then other people who were just you know really keen to just come out and you know and and shop really and look and just you know get nice things to to make their homes feel nicer as well yeah we all want that i think Mm. and i guess from a stationary point of view like if we all been working from home we want to kind of make that more enjoyable for Mm. ourselves i suppose yeah i mean we we sell um like weekly planners and things like that and they were selling well for kind of homeschooling as well which is great and, mm. and all of that kind of product, yeah, has has done well, I think, for that reason, from the working from home, yes. I don't know. What do you think about people working from home? I think more people will continue to work from home than ever before. Absolutely. I think it will change the culture, really, with regards to people realising that their jobs are, you know, able to do remotely. So I think, yeah, it will change things. So you have this like nice initiative that lifted forward, I think it's called. Yeah, that's right. So every 200th customer, um, we give them £5 to do something good. And with that £5, we give them a little postcard, which explains what Lift It Forward is, um, and ask them to either write or to draw um, on the back of the postcard to tell us what they did with the fiver, really. And it all kind of stems from a book that I was given when I was younger, well, um, called How to Change the World for a Fiver. And it was kind of a book full of kind of lots of really fun practical ideas on how to save the world and how to make the world a better place. And I really liked the idea. I just liked the idea of bringing that into my shop. And also I felt, I think it's really important to do something good with your, with your business and with your, with your platform. And to, you know, however tiny your platform may be, I think it's really important, you know, if you are part of a community or you're on a high street, I think it's it's part of what you should be doing, really, you know, to, to enhance your community. So whether or not you're kind of sharing local coffee mornings or offering raffle prizes, you know, I think your shop is also a social space as well as a local resource. So I kind of, the idea really came from that about combining those two ideas together i love that i love seeing independent shops almost like community hubs Mm. i like i like that idea that we bring that back into now absolutely and just and i love that you know i like that people meet at the shop and you know that people come together um and just yeah i really enjoy that element of being involved in a community and being part of a community and that's why I was so keen with Lift It Forward, you know, for people to to keep it local as well. So lots of fives have kind of been been donated to local charities as well as national charities as well. Um, 
and the money's been given to like Black Lives Matter, Women's Aid, lots of local cancer charities, um, LGBTQ plus charities as well, and education initiatives and things like that. And people have got really creative with it, which has been amazing. And you know, some people have written to me to say they've bought a book for a friend. They, you know, they bought their favourite book for a friend. Um, another one said that they left their fiver in a library book in Southwold for someone else, which I thought was really sweet. And so. I really like that you kind of give the onus back onto the visitor to see what, you know, they want to do with the five pound note. Yeah. So when I get And how creative people are with their giving. Yeah. So when I get those postcards back, I just I love it. I just love seeing how people have how people have used it. And that's why I like to share them on social media, like on my Instagram posts. Um yeah. inspire other people as well, really. I think it's such a lovely idea and it's it's you know, I guess so, as a concept, it's really quite simple, but I don't know anyone else that does it. I just think it's such a nice idea Yeah, with a postcard. It just completes the circle a bit. Absolutely. Well, the great thing is there's another couple of indies that have started doing it as well. So there's a store called My Beautiful Caravan, um, and they've started doing it, and another store called Home Bake as well. Um, and they both took on the idea as well, which I love. So I like the fact that this kind of movement is spreading. Because that, that's how it really makes an impact. Right. Yeah. And that kind of, I mean, that's the whole function of lift it forward, you know, and it's about kind of, you know, working together to, to make things better. So oh, that's amazing. I, I think I always like reading the little postcodes and where people put their money. Absolutely. It's, nice. it's amazing. <laughs> so talking about this year and retail this year, mm. obviously, most, if not all trade shows are cancelled or postponed, as they say it. How do you feel about that? How do you normally find new brands? Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about Christmas, to be honest. I I kind of feel like my trade, especially top drawer in September, is usually the one that I would go to and meet with my regular suppliers to kind of see what newness they've got um, and potentially find other suppliers as well for, for Christmas ideas. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I use Instagram a lot, really, for sourcing products and finding finding new stuff. And I find it a really useful resource to discover stuff that that I might not have seen or might not have been put in front of before which is great so Mm. definitely still be using Instagram and I I mean I kind of find that travel helps to inspire me quite a lot as well so we really like going to Denmark and Copenhagen especially and and seeing the other stores over there and seeing what what their offer is and that's always been a massive source of inspiration which again I won't be able to do this year necessarily yeah of course yeah so yeah it will be interesting really um but I also think it just it will help us to get more creative um it'll help us to think more you know and think more locally as well about our products and how we can source things for our stores for Christmas and I've been already talking to um a local maker um about some potentially really exciting stuff that we can do for Christmas you know that we can make literally just up the road as well so we'll be doing our own products and looking at um doing stuff with other local makers as well which will which will be good but the um the trade fair situation yeah it's going to be quite interesting to to not be able to do that I guess yeah and I think yes it's a part of discovery but it's also that relationship Mm. and seeing your existing suppliers a lot of times with trade shows and getting to touch and feel the products because I guess we're all quite tactile in how we address products and and the joy of a trade fair is is where you get to be a customer for a day. So you get 
wander around, you know, and see things how your customers would see things as well. Um, mm. And I don't think you can take that away, that kind of phys- physical experience of, you know, going to a trade fair and being able, like you said, being able to pick things up and smell things and, you know, and feel qualities. And those cards, you need to do the bend test to make sure that, you know, the quality of your card <laughs> is what you want. So. Yeah, that they're not like card factory <laughs> quality. You want at least a 200 GSM, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also how they feel, because I think different papers, even if they are 200 GSM, this isn't like the stationary geek in me, I think, but like they do feel very different depending on what paper they are. Totally, yes. Yeah. And I guess you also have the challenge that your shop is much bigger now. Yeah, there's more space to fill. And, and to be honest with you, that was my biggest challenge, I think, whilst the shop was closed and reopening again. Because, you know, I was really keen to reopen with lots of newness because I had, you know, so much more space to fill. Um, mm. But after being closed for three months, obviously the cash situation is, you know, there's no money coming into the business. So with regards to me being able to invest in newness, that was really, mm. that was really tricky because I was, you know, I wanted to open with newness. Um, but my cash flow situation and being closed meant that I wasn't really in a position to reopen with too much. But we, yeah. but we managed and we, you know, we made some new stuff and, and yeah, we have kind of managed to fill the shop, but I'm always kind of on the lookout for, for newness and hopefully there's more coming. So With the new, like with having more space, are you going to expand certain categories? What's your plan? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking into more homeware and thinking about what categories that I can expand. Also kind of very much thinking about where my Christmas is going to be and what Christmas is going to look like and what other ranges and what other suppliers I can think about introducing into the into the store as well. Mm. I think it's always really interesting um, like to see what when stores expand, what else they do. I think it's just fun to see yeah. how you use space and what else you introduce. It's, and I'm sure, you know, people local to you, will really enjoy that. Yeah, I hope so. And I I kind of like that it will kind of grow quite organically in in some ways. It's kind of nice that because of lockdown, it wasn't suddenly like a, wham, here is my new store. You know, it's very much kind of thinking it very much as kind of being phase one now and just seeing and letting it kind of grow organically into kind of the next phase of lift, really, and and seeing where I I take it. Absolutely. I guess not having too much, stuff as well is quite good with um you know if you would have filled it to the brim it would have been harder to put in like the, all the corona safety Absolutely. measures yeah or the social distancing thing would have been trickier with with more stock yes that's very true so when you select a new pro- a brand or like a new supplier and you start talking to them what is important for you like how can they help you and be a good supplier? Um, I think a lot of it is to do well. For me, it's definitely minimum orders, I think, with quantities. Because um, mm. I'm always quite tentative when I do try out a new product, um, be it a new design, be it a new card designer um, or a new homeware product. You know, you very much want to test it and to and to see whether it works. So for me, it's very much to do with minimum order quantities, really, and being able to try things small first and just seeing seeing how they do. Geographical exclusivity is always useful as well to know that um, I am 
you know that the what the product could potentially be something that's more exclusive to me and to the area that I'm in specifically what actually that's something that's come up quite a bit mm. in the last week or so because people often ask me like what restrictions what rules should you have and I I always have a, this wishy-washy answer because I've always done it by gut feel more than strict rules sure well, because I don't think the postcode thing really works because sometimes the cutoff for the postcode thing is too close and sometimes it's miles, you know, really far away. Mm. And uh, I think that two shops can be very different if you have a large range, for example. Yeah, that's you know. true. And there are some suppliers that, you know, have, have huge catalogs, you know, and because mm. there's a few suppliers that I – that I wanted to work with, but I couldn't because they already stock other shops in the town, which is completely mm. fine. But, but also they were taking different parts of their ranges. And yeah. I remember feeling a bit frustrated that I was thinking, well, but, but that, that shop doesn't stock this element or this. Exactly. So it's tricky, isn't it? To try and, you know, to try and balance that out. But I think for me, as long as the, or our high street or our town, you know, isn't, isn't necessarily selling the exact same product as me. Um, I think that's fine. It's more about, you know, and it, because it's all to do with the customer and it's about making sure that you are able to offer, you know, something different. You know, you want that kind of difference from your from the other shop that sells stationery up the road or the other gift shop up the road. You know, you want to make sure that you're offering them something different because it doesn't help yeah. if you sell the same thing. Yeah, I th- I completely agree. And I think that's like where we have to talk to each other. Mm. Like my advice is often, you know, you need to communicate with your stockist about it. Like I, for example, have had times where, you know, I have things for pets and things for our humans. Mm. And one shop would take the human bits and one shop would take the pet bits. And they were still, you know, the same brand, but it worked really well. Absolutely, yes. And they were practically opposite each other. But, you know, we had those conversations. Yeah, it's very true. And then you don't have to feel frustrated as a shop owner because you didn't get to take that range that no one else's stocks. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think that we want to talk about these things, don't we? And then then we could come up with the best way forward. Yeah, and I think I mean it's important to support your other local shops as well, and to talk to them and see what they're selling and see where their gaps mm. are because it I mean it benefits everybody, doesn't it? It benefits you and it benefits your visitors. Yeah. Um, as well to be aware but I think the biggest challenge a lot of us have and especially on our high street is kind of just our opening times and because we're all small run businesses and you know we, a lot of us just run our own businesses on our own we are in mm. our shops when the other shops are open if that makes sense so for us to actually have the opportunity to go and shop in each other's shops and go and kind of see what each other is doing and offering that's sometimes a challenge in itself really as a, as a, a shopkeeper as a small business. Oh, of course. I never thought about that. And of course, you want to have that. Yeah. um, Kind of community element and work together. Because if you do know what kind of brands they stock, then you're not stepping on each other's toes. Absolutely. But then we all open at 10 and we all close at 5. So we're all kind of... (laughs) You need to take turns and do like exclusive shopping events for each other. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yes. (laughs) 
yeah, that would be good. <laughs> and I suppose, like, as a town too, you all, you know, if you do extended hours for Christmas, you all coordinate that so you're all open at the same time. Absolutely. So too. Even when we do our extended opening hours, we're all doing extended opening hours. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be one place at a time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So in terms of sourcing, do you, you have you used any kind of marketplace platforms? Because there's quite a few now. There have is. you used any of them? Um, I've had a look through them. There are some, which ones have I them? There's Macuvius. I'm not sure, even sure if mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. Um, I've had a look at them, um, which, and I've ordered through them before. Um, apparently, mm-hmm. I always prefer to go direct with either the maker or or the rep, really. I, I really like the idea of everything being in one place, um, like on the whole yeah. marketplace platforms. But I also really like t- to be able to discover things via, I guess, a more natural a more natural way, really. Yeah. But, it's like that thing, tricky balance of being helpful that everything is there for you to view mm-hmm. and you know you can buy it. But the joy comes of getting to know the brand. Absolutely, and getting to know the person who made it as well. And I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I absolutely love a B2B website. I mean, I think the the ones that are done really well are absolutely perfect. Um, mm. And I think it's really important for kind of makers and stockists to remember that we are your customer as well, you know, or we're browsing your website in the same way their customer would browse. Uh, mm. So it's really important, I think, to make those B2B websites fun and easy to navigate as well. And I think yeah. that some of the wholesale marketplace platforms um, don't necessarily, their filters aren't necessarily wonderful at kind of selecting and searching for different product categories and product groups as well. Um, but yeah, I love a good B2B website. Yeah, it makes it easy for everyone, I suppose. Absolutely, yes. And what do you get a lot of people approaching you? Have you seen that changing over lockdown? Yeah, I mean, I have been introduced to some new brands um, during lockdown, and I always like it when I get introduced via Instagram first so I can have a look at their product. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of cold calling um, samples or phone calls because um, I kind of need to know whether that brand is going to be a fit, first of all, really. And I do find, and I, I, I kind of end up feeling quite bad that I get sent samples of things that have... You, that have no um connection to my store at all you know or being cold call or being sent catalogs for for cards that just kind of don't fit my pricing architecture or they just don't fit the look of my store um and mm-hmm. i'm really guilty and then end up having to send them back <laughs> so I would, <laughs> which is obviously time consuming yeah, but i i kind of think you know that someone's gone into the effort of you know sending samples of their product which they've paid for or which they've made or which they've designed and um and it's just not been right so yeah i guess on the flip side of that is that a lot of people like send either approaches on instagram or if they are a owner-led business say or you know if it's a salesperson that they you know send emails but then there's quite a lot of people not replying so then they try the next thing so i i could kind of yeah, see it from true. both yeah. ways mm. you know, if you haven't if you've been trying to email someone and you haven't heard back and you then think i'll post them a catalog or they need to see the quality of my card so i'll send them just 
three top cards that would be good for them sure. it's another way to try to take get someone's attention i yeah, suppose but then- i mean i would always reply i mean i would always try to reply to anybody via email or instagram and and you know try and be as honest as possible really and explain either the reason why it's not quite right from for lift or mm-hmm. um you know or to or even offer an alternative potentially of someone else who i think you know where their product might work but i'm just quite yeah, I'm quite. I know what I like, and I'm. <laughs> yeah. and I end up feeling quite guilty if I get offered a product or if I get sent a sample of a product which I know, you know, isn't going to be right. So I completely understand that, and the whole feeling of wasting some, you know, things that mm. people put effort into. Yeah, I can see. It's a tricky one because it's like one of those where you can see both sides of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How about virtual trade shows? What do you feel about them? Do you think you will, because I think pretty much all the trade shows are doing something. Mm. Do you think that would be a good way for you to discover brands? Potentially. I mean, I to be honest with you, it's not something I've looked into as of yet. And I'm not quite sure how that format would work or what that would potentially look like. Um, I'm well up for it. I mean, I think it could be really exciting. I mean, it could be a really interesting way of kind of doing a trade show i'm not, again i'm not quite sure whether i would necessarily discover anything that i that was off my radar or anything that i wasn't looking for because it wouldn't be necessarily put in front of me but so it'd be interesting to see how that format would work but i would definitely yeah for for giving it a go because sure. that's what trade shows does isn't it mm. you walk in the halls and you find the things that you weren't looking for yes kind of like when i go and shop in a little shop and don't know what i want to buy mm, exactly but if you're doing it online how do you come across them because you have to search for something exactly yeah yeah it's a tricky one, a tricky one. and that's why i think that's why i think that platforms like Instagram um, and Pinterest and things are useful because that's kind of where you do discover things and that's where you get kind of lost in an Instagram hole or you know yeah you know finding newness which is which is really really good and it's, a, it's a good platform for that yeah someone suggested that maybe what we do need is like a hashtag for everyone that you know can wholesale that shop owners could just go and, you know, go under that one hashtag and see loads of new things. Yeah, that would be amazing. It's a very good idea. Let's make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's <laughs> something I've had so many conversations lately about, like, what can we do? Because I don't, I think, yes, the trade shows has to do some sort of virtual trade show, but I don't know how well that will work in that, like, discovering those yeah. things, like we said. Yeah. But I think maybe a hashtag would work much better. I think it was actually probably Sarah from Pencil Min that said that. Yeah, she's a genius, so that might be probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, I mean, I've been in DMing with people about it, so I'm not quite sure, but I'm pretty sure it was her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah, it requires more thinking, but I think we should do something like that. <laughs> it would be really useful. It'd be useful for the for the people, for the buyers, you know, and the makers, wouldn't it? So Yeah, and if people just used it with all their new products, then you almost get, like, you know, a whole reel of things to discover. Mm, absolutely. How about with, you know, say existing suppliers or even potentially new ones because we can't get that face-to-face and, uh, you know, people are not going to have the maybe space to ha- – Vulcan reps and agents or brand owners into their spaces because mm. if you can only have so many shoppers in you don't really want 
to have a meeting yeah i guess uh, what do you feel about like virtual presentations and meetings and that yeah. sort of thing i love it i think it's a really nice idea especially with your existing suppliers because you know that you you already have a relationship with them and you already stock their products so chances are that first hurdle of discovering a brand which does something you like uh, you know and has an mm-hmm. eye for something that you appreciate that hurdle's already crossed so yeah i quite like the idea of kind of more presentation-led trade shows based on suppliers that you kind of already stock, that would be that would be really useful, yeah. Someone said that some of their larger suppliers have started doing like virtual presentations of their new ranges, mm. which I think is helpful because you can see the size against the person holding the product yeah, and talking about the product. And I think sometimes, you know, you, you need that and you, you need that kind of more kind of raw element of it and seeing somebody just picking up a product because I think in a catalogue um, it can be piled mm. so much that you kind of you you don't get any idea of the quality or the, yeah. or the weight or the size and things like that and again that's I guess that's why trade shows are so useful isn't it so you because those barriers aren't in place and you can kind of see things for what they are really yeah um, so that whole idea of kind of virtual or presentations based from suppliers where it's a bit QVC though, isn't it? But I think it could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't think that you need to have like a highly polished thing. It can basically assume, th- I almost want it to not be so polished. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like someone standing in front of their computer in Zoom or something yeah. and just picking up product and recommending things that are good. Or maybe if we even just, you know how a trade chase, we, if you knew it's, stockist you you point out the things you think is going to be good for them you yeah. cannot still want that element into it mm. i don't know there are some supplies so um moxon so patsy from moxon is really good on her instagram stories at kind of sharing her their the brand's new well, moxon their newness as well which is yeah. really useful so that's you know that's you know again sorry i keep talking about instagram i'm sorry <laughs> Um, no, I think she does well, and I think that Moxon, like, she takes a very modern approach to it, absolutely. which I think is great. Yes, uh, not every brand has managed to do that. No, of course, and you know, but it's it's a it's a new it's very much a new thing, isn't it? And it's a new learning thing, and there's an element of bravery putting yourself out there like that and putting yourself in front of your, you know, on camera talking. That's why, you know, I find Instagram stories. I would, I, you know, I would. I don't think I could ever flip the camera around and start talking. You know. Oh, but it makes such a difference. I know, but it just, I, I haven't. It just feels uncomfortable. I don't. I don't. I don't like looking at my face that close up. <laughs> oh, I didn't either. So, but obviously, I sell myself. So yeah, I knew I had. Like there was no option. I had to get over it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I did it for I think seven days I basically the first video I had like 55 take I um, I basically only said I'm going to show up on here every day until I feel comfortable with (laughs) I mean more comfortable with it and it took about seven days so it wasn't too bad and now look you're you're excellent at it so (laughs) I don't know I I talked rubbish most of the time but (laughs) but what stories do you enjoy do you like seeing that sort of thing I do I really like tours of other people's shops really I find it fascinating seeing what other people are up to um, and what other people are doing and again it's about and I'm I'm talking myself out of the reasons why I don't do it but I think it's it's really nice seeing the person behind the brand you know or the person behind the shop and 
and hearing their voice and seeing, you know, just seeing them enthused about their product or about their store. It's lovely, yeah. you know, and it, that human element is why we all have physical shops, I guess, ultimately, you know, yeah. why we show up for work and we work our ridiculous hours and, you know, because we like the element of it, you know, we like meeting customers, we like speaking to people. So it kind of, you know, it works. So I love seeing it on Instagram. I like seeing other people doing it. So one day we'll see your face on there. One day, covered in dog filters <laughs> or something like that, or those weird stars all over my face or something, yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. Filters are great to not feel so conscious about it. Thank you. That's a very good point. That's what they're there for. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, like we can be a bit silly. Like, that's true. Maybe it's fun. Maybe I'll just turn myself into like an avocado and do it that way or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you do one of those, you know, like um, those ones with the scrolly bit where they kind of tell you what Disney character you are or. Yes, maybe. Something. (laughs) You don't even have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> um it's an introduction to it. Very true, yes. When I end up being Ariel from the Little Mermaid or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but they're quite fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I think like showing us like silly selves too is it's a good way of making a connection with people. We want to hear that from people, don't we? Absolutely. And you kind of, you know, you walk into you walk into someone's shop and you want to be able to see their personality, don't you? And it's exactly the same online as well. You know, you want to make that connection with somebody. Yeah. And all my friends, anyone I know who's ever been into Lyft has just been like, yeah, this is basically the inside of your head. So which I always always see as a huge compliment because I'm like, ah, yes, you get it. Of course it is. Yes, perfect. (laughs) That that is true, though. Mm. That's why most people want to open a shop. They want to open a shop because they get to decide all of the people pieces that go in there absolutely so we've been talking a lot about diversity Mm. um lately and i actually think that well it's definitely something i want to continue about because there could be more diversity in our industry in many ways i think what are your thoughts yeah i couldn't agree more really i think especially the conversation has rightfully so been talked about so much more recently and i think it is making people kind of more aware of what they're doing and how they do things. And I think for me, it's very much greeting cards as well. I mean, there are, there are so many white faces on greeting cards and there are, so many, yes. there are so many depictions of couples being a man and a woman or um, yeah. newborn baby cards all have to be kind of either pink or blue. Um, and I mean, it's something that I've, I've kind of always been kind of quite actively seeking to look for the opposite. So I spent mm. a lot of time picking cards that are 100% genderless and characterless as well. I mean, that sounds awful, characterless, but um, what I mean is, you know, a card depicting someone where their race isn't immediately identifiable. Because mm. I think, you know, it's really, really important to be able to have that range within your within your product range, really. I think either you have to have that range of like, if you're going to have people on them, yeah. you have to consider that you you have a range of people mm. if you are not going to have you know and if you can't do that if you can't have maybe space or budget or whatever if you can't do that or if it's not your style to depict people because a lot of shops just do illustrations mm. now yes. you know non not people uh, or words then you need to you know that's a decision you can make but you i don't i think if you're going to have people on them 
that you need to be well, I wish that shops then were considering it. Mm, well, they need to be more representative, don't they? You know, and even if that's not your customer, it could potentially mm. be that they are sending a card, you know, to somebody who would appreciate, you know, that level of diversity as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important because there's, you know, there are some designers who are, you know, who are doing it really well. And I stock a, um, a designer called Lottie Hall. Um, and she has mm. loads of faces and things on her cards. And she, I think she's just nailed it, really, you know, with regards to just making sure that they're not all white faces, you know, and that she's representational of you know, different races. And I think that's really important. Mm. And the other brand who do really well are Rap Cards as well, Rap Magazine, who do cards. Yeah. Um, and all their illustrations, I think, you know, they nail it really with the kind of genderless characters as well. And you know more racial diversity, which is which is excellent. So I would always actively seek out those people. And also, when I when I do see new card suppliers, I tend to jump straight to their new baby cards and just kind of see <laughs> how many of you know how many of them are depicted with blue for boys and pink for girls. Um, yeah, or like a mom and a dad. Absolutely, yeah. And wedding cards, same sex wedding cards are all awful. Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> You know, and I, yep. when I got married, I got so many cards that just said Mr. and Mr. on the front. And I was like, come oh, on. <laughs> you know, I, there, there, there is a market out there for this, you know, and I think it's important to, to be open to that and to, you know, make sure that your, your range is representational of your views and, you know, and of what your customer could potentially be looking for. So, yeah. And I think the customers are looking for it. I just don't think they don't always know they're looking for it say to you and they're not always able to find it as well yeah and it's a kind of our job is like in the industry to make sure it's there's a bit more representation out there i think now yeah well it should have happened years ago but i don't i mean the good thing from the hard discussions that are happening and awful things that are happening is mm. that hopefully more people will think about it. Yes, I hope so. Yeah. And I guess also, like, when we go to trade shows, right, I mean, it is very white. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think that we can all, I hope that that will change a little bit. I guess that has to come, from, because there's obviously a lot of businesses out there run by all people you know like people from all different backgrounds all different races all different colors but they're not represented at the trade shows no that's very true but imagine collectively what we could actually achieve and the amount of diversity product range as well i mean the amount of Mm. excitement and different products that you know come from different people all over the world and different races and different ethnicities which would just really enhance what we do you know yeah and enhance the quality of the things that we're able to sell if you know if the people who were designing our products or the products that we were letting in you know were designed and created by a much more diverse you know force of designers really it would be incredible yeah yeah I think so I think that you know um say top draw for example you know they go to all the big trade shows in Europe to try to get new exhibitors but I wonder if they go to you know there must be trade shows in there must be some in the Far East there not Far East is represented I think but there must be some in like some of the more uh, Muslim countries or Africa you know like they don't invite them necessarily always you don't see that at the yeah. shows but you definitely see them having gone to like 
you know, Scandinavia and mm. got on Scandinavian brands over that here. Too. And you think about how much we borrow culture from Scandinavia and you think of all of those brands like Higgy and all of those things that we've mm. we've embraced so frantically. Think of mm. all of those things that we don't know about. Do you know what I mean? That we've, yeah. we've not been put in front of that yeah. could be absolutely incredible for, you know, the way we live our lives and the things that we sell and, you know, and but it's just not... Yeah, it's just not diverse enough at the moment, is it? No, and I guess that's where again Instagram comes in. Mm. You know, we we can discover some of those brands online because mm. if they're not going to be at the trade shows, because I mean, obviously they're not happening right now. Yeah. But they're also expensive, <laughs> but, aren't they? You know, it it becomes almost yeah, it becomes a classist thing as well, doesn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. You know, I think that with not having the shows, it's going to level the playing field a little bit. Mm, yes, because you're like just as likely to see an email from a small maker as you are from a big brand that's very true everyone's inbox is the same size isn't it so yeah you're right and that means that you know in terms of ethnicities or you know diversity in general say you specialize in doing cards for the lbtq plus community you know like you have just the same chance as if you were doing cards for the white straight person absolutely yeah totally to be seen which i i hope it's going to change it's quite exciting that that you know everyone is going to have the same sim- more similar opportunities because it's we're not going to be lured by the big shiny trade show stands yeah and i and do you know what? i think we do need to change because as people become more aware and as people become you know more aware of what's happening and and aware of how we are sold things based on our gender and our age and all those stereotypes. I think mm. people become more aware of that. We are people are going to have to adapt, you know, and the makers and the designers are going to have to start thinking of more creative ways to present those things to us. You know, I mm. I, I lose track of the amount of times that I'm targeted with all these strange adverts just because I'm a man in my late 30s people trying to sell me things like beard oil and I don't have a beard um, and all (laughs) very random things you know that are all specifically directed to my gender and I'm sure that you have hundreds of examples that you would would share Um, and I think that you know that's something that people you know that's going to change which is amazing and it should change yeah i mean just looking at the advertisement we are shown on instagram again or social media Mm. i mean some of it has nothing to do with me as a person but because i'm a woman in my late 30s that's what i'm supposed to be like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um so is it something that you ha- has any of your s- suppliers or has any new suppliers been in touch? You know, because of the talk around diversity, have you or have you reached out to and found any new suppliers because um, of the discussion? Or you know, maybe you found more of, of different. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something since Blackout Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. I was very aware that kind of. I was part of the majority of people who thought that, well, I'm not racist, but that's not enough. Mm. It's about being actively anti-racist. Yeah. Um, And I think because of that, I have been much more aware of looking at, you know, who my suppliers are. And I've been kind of actively looking for UK-based 
makers and designers, you know, people of color designers rather than or black owned businesses, as opposed to looking for just my regular suppliers. So I have been Mm. actively looking for that kind of diversity as well. And I don't think it's just about the diversity in the product range. I also think it's, you know, say, I don't know, how many candle suppliers do you have in your business? I have two at the moment. Okay, so two is not that much, but you know, um, but you know, there's no reason why one of them could not be a black owned business, for example, or, you know, if you have 20 card suppliers, Mm. even if it's, you know, there could be diversity in like, who owns the business not just in the ranges they present right absolutely yes totally and i think that is something that hopefully we will all be more aware of going forward yeah i hope so and i hope it is something you know design wise that people are considering more and thinking about you know especially these the big groups of you know card makers and you know the big reps are actively looking for you know diversity and because it's only ever going to enhance, isn't it, really? I mean, it's only ever going to enhance those ranges with the cultural diversity yeah. that, that that would bring. And a wider appeal for everyone, like, you know, for those businesses, too, that do invest in that. You know, if you can appeal to more customers, mm. that's brilliant. Everybody wins. I think it goes back, you know, with illustration, it goes back very much even further, you know, how, how white art school is, for example, and, yeah. you know... Art degrees in general. So I think there's a lot of work to be done. (laughs) But we can start with like the little, you know, things that are quite easy for us all to do in our businesses. Yeah. And again, that's the joy of having a small business that, you know, there is so much less um, hoops to jump through, isn't there? And there's so many less people to try and impress or convince that that's the right way. You know, Mm. small business owners, we can be so, so reactive to how we do things. And the messages we put out don't need to be run by hundreds of board members before we can put that message out there or make changes to our business. You know, the smaller we are, the quicker we can make those changes happen. Um, And I think we're a really good place to start, you know, that conversation to make that happen. Absolutely. I think that's really important. And, you know, that you can have your voice. Often in the big corporate, it gets so watered down Mm. because people are so worried about being politically correct or that it almost goes the opposite way. Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah. But I think, how do you feel about Christmas, like, do you feel optimistic? I, I, I'm sure there's worry there, but like, how do you, how do you feel? It's a strange one, isn't it? I think that with last year, I think there was definitely a feeling of, oh, Brexit's looming. Oh, let's have one last big Christmas before everything goes wrong. Um, mm. And then 2020 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I wonder yeah. whether it will be a good Christmas. I wonder whether you know, we will come out of this awful time and things will start to feel a bit more positive and we'll all be able to get back together with our families and, you know, a very much sense of celebration will hopefully return and we will be thinking about how we're spending our time with our, you know, with our friends and family. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be allowed to and, you know, we'll be spending more time at home potentially, which I think, Mm -hmm. you know, will benefit us all, you know, both kind of, commercially wise but also with our mental health as well I think you know being able to spend more time with our friends and family will have a big effect and I think that Christmas you know could be great this year I mean it could be a really good opportunity you know for us all to celebrate coming out of the other other side of something that's been really detrimental to to all of us in some way yeah I think so and I think that more people will 
support local businesses than ever before. Yes, and I, I've definitely already kind of got a feeling of that, you know, from the mm. from the people who've been into the shop already have been so relieved to kind of see the businesses that are still here, you know, and and because of, like because I moved shops, there were some people who have who've come in relieved that they thought I'd left and I haven't I just yeah and that was lovely it was so nice that reassurance that you know yeah people were there to support you um so lovely yeah and I think yeah I think that hopefully this will happen and yeah I think people hopefully will shop local and realize you know the value of that you know with big shops like John Lewis closing eight branches this week um I think that it's probably highlighted you know, to people that, you know, shopping small is even more important, really, than mm. than it ever has been before. So fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, I'm optimistic. Mm. I hope Always. for smaller businesses, I, I think the large high street will struggle, but I am optimistic for independent retail. Yes, as we should be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we need to be, don't we? But yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It's been really lovely to chat with you and thank you for coming on the podcast. And you, thank you so much for asking me. Can you, before we go, share where people can find you, buy from you? Sure. Everything. So predominantly you find us on Instagram, which is Lift Store Suffolk, or you can find us on Facebook, not so much, and on Twitter, hardly at all. Um, <laughs> our physical shop is in Southwold, which is on the Suffolk coast, which is wonderful, and we are open seven days a week. And my website is www.lift-store.co.uk. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much, David, for coming on Let's Talk Shop. And thank you to all of you who are listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would be lovely to see where you have been tuning in, what you're getting up to. Please tag me over on Instagram. I'm at small underscore business underscore collaborative and if you have a moment do please go over to itunes or apple podcast and rate and review the podcast and while you're there you can subscribe as well so you don't miss out any episodes i will be back soon with another episode where i will be speaking to another shop indie shop owner and then there will be a solo episode and a few and another more kind of informative episode. I'm really excited. Season three will be finishing soon, but I still have a few more episodes in me. So thank you very much for listening. And I hope that you have a lovely day. And uh, until next time. Bye.